Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Cowboy Thursday morning, Eagle fans. It is Cowboy Week here on Birds 365. It's Cowboy Week throughout the Delaware Valley. And got a little bit of a late start to Cowboy Week this week since people were bemoaning the beatdown the Eagles took at the hands of the 49ers. But I think everyone is in true Cowboy mode as we get that much kicker uh, closer to a Johnny Mac favorite Sunday night football. Nothing Johnny Mac likes better. And Sunday night football for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's uh, probably a little bit better than Monday night football. I'll say that. Thursday night football, that's interesting. Do I prefer Sunday night or th- probably Thursday night? So I'd say uh, second worst possibility. Second worst. And they, 
they usually kick Monday. I know it, we're talking five minutes here, but they kick Monday night football about nine eight fifteen and Sunday a little later, eight twenty-five. <laughs> I know we're splitting hairs and whining about the time the actual play on the field is going to be much more important. Well, the play you're gonna get here on Birds 365 is kind of good news, bad news. You can make that determination for yourself. You get more Mac and Mac today. Our buddy Jeff Kerr who uh, Monday could not join us because of technical issues. Uh, he's technically under the weather right now. He texted me at 3 o'clock in the morning and said, yeah, Jody, chances are I'm tapping out. I haven't uh, slept but 20 minutes all night long, and this is at 3 a.m. And oftentimes at 3 a.m. I'd be taking that text live, but I was sound asleep when he texted me at 3 a.m. and he just texted Ooh, me. Oh, that's bad when you get the text at 3 a.m. Yeah. yeah, I uh, got it, but I didn't know about it till I took a look at it when I came downstairs to turn on my computer and everything at around uh, 7, uh, 6.45. So I said, just text us back, yeah or nay, even though you're leaning toward nay. Oh, he texted back nay. He said, I've slept for all of 20 minutes, and that was about... 6.45. So, uh, no Jeff Carr today. Johnny suggested that uh, it might be the fact that he's sick of what happened to the Eagles. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's sick, but uh, it was either, you know, he's probably can't get over the loss or I did see he 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 tweeted out or X'd out or posted out, whatever the hell it's called now, um, the Eagles numbers against the Blitz yesterday. Uh, for the season, which are not good. Um, and, you know, um, you know, Philadelphia, they did not take that well. So he might be sick over that as well. Uh, now, well, I didn't see that tweet. So you got to give us more details. When the Eagles are blitzed or when the Eagles are blitzing? When the Eagles are blitzing. So the 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 baby of all Eagles fans, the, the can do no wrong. That's what you got to do. Blitz, blitz, blitz. Uh, Angelo Cataldo is back on WIP, comes on with Dan Cilio here. He's blitz, blitz, blitz. <laughs> Opposing quarterbacks, you ready for this, Jody? I, I know it. I know what Purdy's numbers were this weekend. Yeah, we, well, Brock was out of the This is the whole season. The year. Yes, please share with the year. Opposing quarterbacks are 92 of 132. That's 69.7%, essentially 70%, for 1,002 yards. Eight touchdowns, no interceptions, 114.2 passer rating. That is the highest passer rating um, against the Blitz in the NFL and the second highest completion percentage. That's your Philadelphia Eagles when they Blitz. Um, and people got to put that in the rearview stinking mirror. They really need to put that in the rearview mirror. They don't have players to Blitz. They don't have the scheme to Blitz. And the worst part about it, if you want to criticize Sean Desai for something, um, and this is our buddy uh, uh, Paul Domowicz, who does a tremendous job with the numbers as well, um, I would criticize him for pushing the panic button because he's blitzed more against Buffalo and San Francisco than he has all season, and it gets worse and worse and worse. As you mentioned, Purdy was 10 of 11. Um, for 213 yards and three touchdowns against the Blitz. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen was 13 for 17 for 164 yards when the Eagles blitzed. And those were the two highest games they blitzed for five percentage this year. And they keep getting worse and worse and worse. Last year against 
the guy that everyone hates. Eagles had a 77.3 opponent passer rating when blitzing. They did it. They did it more. They did it more judiciously in better spots, and they were more effective. Now they're doing it because they can't stop anyone, and it becomes worse, and the snowball starts rolling down the hill. And I and believe me, I hate this, Jody, because you hate the Fangio defense. Well. I don't like the Fangio defense, but if there's one defense I don't like even more, it's the cover two. I think people figured it out years ago. But it's also, you know, the worm has kind of turned because back when Tony Dungy did it and everyone copied Tony Dungy, now we're seeing the same thing with Big Fangio. Everybody copies Big Fangio, and then uh, there's a tipping point. Now if you go back to cover two, nobody plays it as much anymore. Everybody plays it. Uh, at, at some point, but if you look at the talent on this team and Shaq Leonard really drove it home for me because as he arrived and I got to meet him yesterday, Matt Eberflus, Indianapolis, cover two, big, long, lengthy linebacker. Same thing with Zach Cunningham. Nick Sirianni brought up the Jim Beheim, uh, um two, three zone in college basketball to compare those two guys and their length and angles in the passing game as coverage players. Um, James Bradbury, one of the best zone cover corners in the NFL. Um, you have a young safety who's making some mistakes now in Reed Blankenship. You have, a, you have new players, Kevin Bayard and, 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 um, uh, and Shaq, um, even Bradley Roby, guys who've come in in season. Um, communication's been an issue. Barrett said it yesterday. Barrett also ticked off. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. They should be scaling back and playing more cover, too. And I guarantee the Eagles' defense gets better. Will they do it? Uh, they love this scheme. They love it. Right. So I don't think they'll be moving off it anytime soon. And uh, oh, for that week that uh, our boy Nicholas Morrow got the three sacks. That was the only effective blitz week the Eagles really had all year long that they actually made it work because it wasn't expected at that time. You have to try and catch the other team off guard when you come with a blitz and the Eagles just haven't been able to do that. So yeah, the mantra of please blitz more isn't working for them this year. And I don't see any reason why it would turn around anytime soon. Uh, so uh, they're going to have to get it done with their standard Fangio defense. And you did mention Reed Blankenship, and I had him written down as one of my notes today. Uh, everybody in this town loves Reed Blankenship for several different reasons. Number one, undrafted free agent, uh, the underdog, Philadelphia loves it. The undrafted free agent who got all of a $5,000 signing bonus. Oh, everybody loves it. He's the underdog. I got to love him here. He does play really hard. And as you've told us, others have told us, he's amazing that after the game, he looks like he could go shoot a GQ cover model uh, spot. Uh, that he just Never sweats. Perfectly uh, quaffed. You and I don't have to worry about that. Goes out, plays his, uh, with his heart on his sleeve, and then comes back and looks great doing it. So a lot of people like Reed Blankenship for non-football thing, not actually uh, what he does on the field. He, I don't want to say he's playing badly, but he's going to, and rightfully so, be, be compared to CJGJ. 
last year, who tied for the uh, league lead in interceptions. Blankenship has two. He doesn't have a forced fumble this year. He hasn't recovered a fumble. He's gotten two INTs. His tackling is good. It's solid. It's not like he's separating guys from the boy. He had the one great tackle where against the Cowboys where he pulled down uh, the tight end right yeah. on the half-yard line. That was his biggest play of the year. It was a great one. Don't want well, to minimize that, that, it. Don't forget the one on the sideline where he got his hand or forearm under and turned a uh, – what was that McLaurin? I think in turn right. a yes, uh, uh, commanders. Yep. Um, um, that what would have been a catch into a non-catch and maybe won that game. So he's made some big plays. He's and you mentioned the Cowboys game as well. Uh, that was a great tackle, right? I mean, smack dab at the goal line. That was a great tackle. Uh, he's played well, but yeah, every, every once in a while you see some of the issues in coverage. So that dichotomy of CJ, who's one of the best covered safeties in football and he's not healthy and the lines would be even better with them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it, it's, it's different. It's sort of, you know, Duran Bland's a, and I was talking about Bland with AJ, AJ Brown yesterday. He's having just a phenomenal year. I mean, how many pick six does he have now? It's, a, it's absurd. Setting, most ever in the history of the national football yeah. league in one season. Um, so a, I would recommend don't throw an out route on Deron Bland, but you, you know, you can beat him. And you saw last week with DK Metcalf with double moves and physicality and the Eagles have that with AJ Brown. Um, um, but anyway, you know me, I like my baseball basketball analogies. I always compare it to the home run hitter. It's like CJ's a home run hitter, man. He's the he's the cleanup hitter. He's the 40 home run guy. He's gonna make big plays. That's what Deron Bland does. Uh Reed Blankenship is more of a um do your job, you know, quiet, affected player. But you need a few of those playmakers, right? That you, you, you were—that's exactly where I was going, John. He, he could be what Reed Blankenship is, and he could be perfectly fine. But you need someone to be a home run hitter in your lineup. It's fine. You lose a home run hitter. That's okay if everybody else picks up and hits home runs. They don't have that other guy right no. now, even though. Uh, and I would think- compare Reed to Marcus Epps. He, that he's Marcus Epps. He's the steady guy. And then you need the other guy who's making plays. And it might be like Bland's a corner. Um, and, and the Cowboys lost Trayvon Diggs, who's also that guy. So it's amazing that they lost one of those and were able to immediately uh, get one uh, in another direction. The Eagles haven't been able to do that. Um, Kevin Byard has a history of doing it earlier in his career, but he's not the same player that he was earlier in his career. In, in Tennessee. That's the thing. And Eagles fans are going to figure that out quickly with Shaq Leonard. You know, the resume says three-time All-Pro. Well, guess what, guys? You're not getting the three-time All-Pro on December 6th, uh, wherever we are, um, <laughs> off the street. Right. It doesn't work that way. Um, so, yeah. It is what it is. They're, they're go- Somebody's got to step up a little bit more, because I don't know about you, John, and I don't know how this is going to play. Uh, going into last week's game against the Niners, uh, I look at this every single week. Sometimes it's a huge factor. Sometimes it's a complete non-factor, and 
surprisingly, last week's game, it turned out to be a complete non-factor. The number one team in the National Football League, plus minus, and I'm not talking about point differential, I'm talking about turnovers, in the National Football League is the San Francisco 49ers. They're plus 11 for the year. And the Eagles came into the game at minus two, which is 19th of the 32 teams. So if, and it's, you, you, you note it, you make a mental note of it, you can't prepare for it, you can't pencil it in. We're going to do something to get turnover. It just doesn't work that way. But it also is a stat that you got to look at and, and incorporate in. There were no turnovers last week. <laughs> As bad as that game was, you would think that there'd be something in there that was a key turn of the game, and it was a turn of none. Eagles and 49ers played to a 0-0 draw. The Cowboys are the fourth-best team at turnovers in the National Football League with eight, and oh, you mentioned Deron Bland with the five pick six. Not only did they get the ball, but they turn it immediately into points, and Eagles are still minus two for the season. They, if they lose the turn uh, turnover battle this week, it's going to be hard for them to go into Dallas and win. So they have to take very good pair, uh, care of the football. Who's going to make a play? Who's going to be the Eagle defender, be it a fumble or an interception, that could be the difference in this game if it comes down to who makes the big play, who gets the turnover in the key spot? Boy, uh, you know, you have to go with uh, the most obvious. It, it's probably going to be Slay or Bradbury uh, if it comes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you think about where the Eagles were at the beginning of last year till you know, basically the first half of the season where they were that team, the 49ers, you know, the plus, and I forget the exact number, but it was absurd how many. Um, and we kept talking, this can't keep this can't continue. I just can't. And And sure enough, it didn't. Um, And it's really been more of a even Steven type deal since that day, since that week, when things started to turn. Um, And that's, that's not good enough. And that's something the Eagles have been stressing for a while, but look, I, I don't, you know, we talked about those five starters a lot in the off season. I, I mean, it's meaningful. They got worse at, at 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 least, let's see, at least three positions, um, both linebacker spots and uh, one of the safety spots. And you could argue Reed Blankenship and Marcus Epps are a wash. You might even say Reed's a little bit better, but I but I will say that about Marcus Epps, you know, Reed's already missed two games. Marcus was out there for every stinking snap. That's meaningful, uh, when it, especially when it comes to the communication on this defense. Um, and then with Jay Bond and Jalen Carter, I'm the biggest Jalen Carter fan in the world, and I think overall the Eagles got a little bit better. But here we are in game 13, right at the so-called rookie wall. This is when – College players are generally done. They had got the bowl game, but they're not used to playing much more. Uh, we've seen the snaps go up. And and then there's the veteran aspect of it. As talented as Jalen Carter is, he's not as savvy as Javon Har- Hargrave. He's not as good when it comes to situational football, and that'll come as he gets more experience. So you could make an argument they got worse at all five positions. I think that's being a little bit harsh, but – I also think 
it 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 does prove that it ain't easy replacing players that were on the number two defense in the NFL. And I think we're seeing that. And as we just talked about with Reed Blankenship um, about uh, what he brings to the table, the type of player that he is, as in comparison, you said better to compare him to Epps than to CJGJ. Well, if he's their best safety and last year's Eagles best safety with CJGJ, I think you got to compare those two. Same thing with Hargrave and, and Carter on the line. Uh, I know he's had a phenomenal year. He's probably going to get defensive rookie player of the year. <laughs> you, you'll you'll accuse me of overrating sacks again, but uh, Javon Hargrave got sacks. Uh, yeah, Carter's great for pressures, and the fact that he beats his man off the defensive line, you would think would help others get home. If he's not getting home, okay, fine. So as long as somebody's getting home. Last year I know was an anomaly, but they're not close to as many sacks as they had last year. Part of it is, yeah, Hargrave used to beat his man and he'd get home. Carter doesn't do that. And apparently it's not helping the other guys get home because the drop-off in sacks has been pretty precipitous. So uh, there there can be a domino effect when you're talking about the, the players who play together in a group like the Eagles defensive line. And as you pointed out, for those who just tuned in, the answer is not the blitz. Because when the Eagles, they've had one good blitzing game. That was Nicholas Morrow, three sacks in one game. That's it. Out of 12 games, they've had one good blitzing game. Other games, it's either been no factor and or a major mistake trying to blitz Brock Purdy last week. He lit them up like a Christmas tree, pardon the seasonal pun, but that's exactly what happened. Yeah, this defense has got to find it within themselves. And and, and by the way, Jody, I was I was looking at some of the, the comments, which is my fault for Jeff's uh, post when he put the blitz uh, out there, put the blitz numbers out there for the Philadelphia Eagles this season. And it's a bunch of, oh, yeah, but his blitzes are elementary. They mostly do it, and hey, they're not doing it right. They're not. It's always something else, Jody. It's always, I mean, just admit you're wrong. Just admit you're wrong. Everybody's wrong. I'm wrong. Jody's wrong at times. We're all wrong at times. You don't have to go down with the ship. Lawrence Taylor ain't walking through that door. They don't blitz well. Get over it. Do and, something else. Oh, by the way, if I had Lawrence Taylor, it would probably cause me to blitz less. Because I believe he's going to get... Oh, yeah, he's, he's part of my front four. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I don't need a blitz because Lawrence is going to get there anyway. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, I, I understood the point you were trying to make, but uh, and just it's funny because I had a Lawrence Taylor uh, conversation this past weekend about uh, is he the greatest linebacker of all time? And I said, in his day, he was. Today, he wouldn't be a linebacker. No, He'd be an edge one. player. Yeah, He'd he be Hassan Reddick. I know they, they still, you look at Hassan Reddick after the game, how he's listed in the uh, box score. It's as a linebacker. He's not a linebacker. He's an edge no, he's player. he's an edge but, rusher. Right. Um, and, yeah, you're right. Lawrence would be. So, you know, we we generally, people that cover the league, break it down to edge versus off ball. And off ball is Mike and weak side. They're off, off the ball. Um, um, and, and that's the Fred Warners, um, those types of uh, great linebackers. Um, and yeah, it's a completely different game. Well, that's another part of the problem. It's a completely different game. And 
Uh, there's way too many people that, you know, and I'm with you. I, I don't like it. Mike Gill and I have this discussion all the time. We've had it many times uh, when I'm on the air locally in South Jersey. Um, when talking about the Fangio scheme, which, you know, Jody, I'm not a fan of, but I also recognize um, and it's similar with the, the tush push and Jason Kelsey's comments about Roger Goodell trying to ban it. All right, ban it. We're, we're going to figure it out. It, this is the reality of the modern NFL. I don't like it, but you got to you, you got to play with the rules in front of you. Right. And nobody's been more successful at that over the past two years than the Philadelphia Eagles. So the sky is not falling. Um, they lost a, a game. It was a bad game. Um, it's a week to week league. You don't make grandiose decisions because they played one bad game. Um, but when it comes to the old school mentality of blitz and run the football and the guys showing up with the run the football, I mean, guys, you got to give it up. You got to give it up. You know, you, you build the team, follow the money. You build the team. AJ Brown's on the team. Devontae Smith's on the team. Um, Dallas Goddard's coming back. He's going to play on the team. This is what your offense is built on. Uh, Jalen Hurts. They're not going to sit the ball and run the ball like they have Earl Campbell. They're not. Now, if it were 1980 and I had Lawrence Taylor and Earl Campbell, yeah, knock yourself out. It's a different game. And I, I, I don't know. People have to recognize. Yeah. But yesterday, I'll tell you, John. I had no problems with the guys who showed up with the sign uh, down in South Philadelphia. Now, it all comes into your own interpretation of what they meant and what the point they were trying to make. Off the game against the 49ers this past week, where the running backs had as few carries as they did, I got no problem. The the offensive coordinator stepped up after after the game himself and said, yeah, we got to be more patient. We we did. We got away from the running game. Now, at some point – the score kind of dictates that the run comes out of your, <laughs> yes, out of your playbook. Yes. But that uh, wasn't numbers, built that, that until late third quarter when you're down that. So you had well, three quarters to I establish always, the run, and they didn't. So on this given week, if you're talking about just in general, week in, week out, over the course of the season, are we going back to uh, Earl Campbell days? No, of course we're not. That's not yeah, the next Maybe he didn't league. have enough. Um, maybe he didn't have enough room on the poster board. But if he said – run the ball effectively, I'd say, all right, yeah, that's an argument I can get behind. You got to run the ball more effectively. So I ended up, because this became a big thing, um, so at the end of the third quarter, because I get this question every week from Seth, at the end of the third quarter, and I've said it to you and I've said it to Mike and I've said it to everybody I've been on the air with over the past 15 years, run-pass ratio. Tell me what the score is in the fourth quarter. I'll tell you what the damn run-pass ratio is. Um, they entered the fourth quarter down 28 to 13. These same people. Now, I think they threw the ball 20 times. I'd have to add it up. They threw the ball 20 times and ran it three times in the fourth quarter. It's going to skew things, right? Right. Well, you're down, and you're eventually down three scores. If, imagine that they were down 20. 8-13, they came out the next drive, and they ran the football six times. 
these same fans would be incensed. Sure. As as what, the what, as the clock was siphoned. What the hell, Syria? Can he see the scoreboard yeah. from the sideline? Yeah. We're down fifteen points. As as the clock siphons down. I mean, it it it's at one point it was they were wholly ineffective, as Jason Kelsey pointed out. Um, and and they need to be more effective running the football. And those are the real conversations. Why are they not as effective running the football over the past number of weeks as they were earlier in the season? That, to me, is a legitimate discussion. Um, they were not effective running the football. So at one point it was 65-35. That's not even bad when you can't run it. That's okay. And then came the fourth quarter. And then it gets widely askewed. To me, this is the most common sense thing in the world, and I can't believe people can't wrap their heads around it. If they're up three scores this weekend in the fourth quarter in Dallas, which is very unlikely, but if they're up three scores, people are going to say, see, they ran the ball as they run it 20 times in the fourth quarter versus three pass because they have a three-score lead. Um, yeah, it, it, it drives me insane. One of the but many things. You, you just sparked a thought for me. And I think I meant to ask you this about two, three weeks ago, and I didn't. I apologize. Uh, so now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to ask you right now. Just in general, you may know this off the top of your head. You probably don't. I don't. I should just as much as you. Playing with pace, which means no auto. Tempo, yeah. Tempo. Get up to the line ASAP. You can do it yeah, at times. Again, that old... Uh, scoreboard wasn't real kind to the Eagles last week dictates when you're going to play with pace and go no huddle, but you can do it at any time. There's no rules against it. And there are teams that use it more than other teams in the league. And I thought last year, the Eagles were pretty effective at using it efficiently. You know, for all the words you just used about the Eagles running game, they're pretty damn efficient when they played with pace and hustled up to the line of scrimmage and went no huddle. They've done very little of that this year. Very little that they've just decided they're going to try and keep the other team's defense on the field, not let them sub. Uh, you have to have faith in your team as a unit that they're all on the same page and Jalen to be able to immediately call the plays. And like they've done very little of that this year. Why do you think that's the case? Um, I don't think they've done. They usually use tempo at some point in every game. Um in fact, that's when they. You think used... that's an inaccurate statement I'm making in comparison to last year? I don't think they've used much it. less. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they've used it much less. I think um, they've been in closer games generally, so I think that affects it. I think they use more tempo than most teams. I would say that. Like, really, I yeah. would disagree with that too. If they. Uh, and I'm not talking about end of game situations where right you have again, to do it. Doesn't yeah. count. I'm talking about um, first three quarters. Because, the games, you have to be decided. You know, one of the things I noticed early in the season was the Eagles would occasionally go with a silent count at home, and I I'm I'm like that's weird, um, and I ultimately asked Nick, and I said, you know, I saw. Um, um, I saw, um, Cam Jurgens, you know, tapping, um, uh, Kelsey's butt. That's the Eagles use the right guard for their silent counts, um, at home. And I'm like, what's, why, why, why is that going on? And he said, 
you know, basically when we use tempo, we had some issues in year one with some um, pre-snap penalties. But remember, they had a bunch of penalties when Nick Burst got here. It was a big, big story. So they had a bunch of uh, pre-snap penalties. And for whatever reason, uh, guys weren't communicating effectively in those type situations. And they were making too many of those pre-snap mistakes. So they went to the silent count even at home when they used tempo. Not all the time, but at times. Um, and anyway, that's the reason, long story short, short, but they use tempo a lot um, compared to most teams early in the game, early in, I would say, first half. Um, they'll they'll use it, and they use it generally when they're slogging, and they used it. Uh, um, so in this game, as an example, their first two drives were pretty good. So they usually, when they struggle, they usually go to tempo. Um, but I would say overall, like motion, the Eagles don't motion compared to other teams. Um, but tempo, I would say, in non-hurry-up situations and non-obvious situations, it's tough to get those numbers. But I would I say they I, use it more Jerry, than most. You could look up those no. numbers. I, no. I could, uh, just in general, you and I have a – different belief and yeah i try and do watch a lot of other football games i have to because i'm on the air on a national show um yeah i think they're i I would not say the eagles would even be in the top half of the nfl in in using tempo in non-score dictated games where uh you're you're either well ahead or uh, well behind well what we have this week is the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles have a chance to do something they haven't done in a decade, which is sweep the Cowboys in the season series. It was only a couple of weeks ago that they beat the Cowboys in a game that kind of hung in the balance last week here. I want to get into it with John a little bit more about the actual matchup between these two things. There are things that favor the Eagles and things that favor the Cowboys. And uh, right now, speaking of favored, Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point choice. Back-to-back weeks, the Eagles have been underdog. People were in a lather last week when they were an underdog to the 49ers at home, and we now know what the final score is. I wonder if it bothers you as much that they're underdog against the Cowboys this week. McMullen, McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys, talking Eagles-Cowboys here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. field of life 
First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Mac and Mac guys, here we are on Birds 365. Jeff Carver's going to join us here in hour number one, a uh, little under the weather. Get well quick, big guy. Uh, and Carver said, I'll be good by Monday. I promise you, I'll be here Monday. I, I feel bad that I didn't hop in this week. Hey, take care of yourself. Uh, we'll talk to you on Monday after a Cowboy win or an Eagle win. Let's see. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about the matchup here. Eagle side of it, John. Uh, injury report yesterday. Uh, more good news than bad, I at least would say. And the injury report is again an estimation at this stage. We're not going to know till Sunday on some of these guys, but it is a foregone conclusion that Dallas Goddard's going to play, right? Uh, yeah, he's playing. Um, and he was a full go at practice, only an estimation because it's a walkthrough. But uh, barring something happening at practice, which occasionally does happen, he's going to play. So. Um, yeah, by the way, walkthrough, um, which means you're not given any access on a walkthrough day to the not to the actual walkthrough. We have right. locker room access. So we get to talk. Dallas talked um, a bunch of guys. I talked to AJ for a long time. Um, we got to meet Shaq, Shaq Leonard, um, who got number 50, by the way. But Christian Ellis got cut to make room for. um Shaq Leonard. He typically wears 53. There's a lot of big number people I could care less, but so we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, uh, I expect Christian back if he clears waivers. So, And he might not, by the way, uh, because the Eagles are a good team. And I, I, I want to get to Christian Head. Let's finish up Goddard first. Um, I did see video. Was it old video? Stock video of him catching balls yesterday in sweats or did they 
Was yeah, that your Eagle not. video? That oh, they... Well, it could have been Eagles, but I didn't see it. But yeah, no, there's no independent media outlets. Right. Because I was, when I saw it, I'm like trying to judge. Well, let's see if he can catch him. And he wasn't doing it. It wasn't like it was just him playing catch more than anything else. It wasn't. Yeah, that was probably last week. Last week he was out there catching football. It was probably last week. Okay. Um, um, so, but seeing him, he, he, he got a chance to talk to all the guys in the locker room. He's, uh, and I know he at least hinted at there were reports last week that he thought he could have gotten last week and the Eagles went cautious with them. He thinks he's damn close to a hundred percent. I think he used 85, 90. I think it's what he used. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, um, he's ready to go. The Eagles. I mentioned Dallas is probably too honest for <laughs> Nick's liking. Um, I had talked to him sort of one-on-one and he told me that um, he felt ready to play and he didn't think that they were going to let him play because they wanted four full weeks. I think I said it on the show last week and it would have been three weeks and six days. Um, and, he, he thought that way because of last season when he had a broken bone in his shoulder and he said he was ready to go and they held him out because they wanted, there's a certain amount of time a bone needs to heal. Um, and evidently they're very stringent on it, but now he's past that line. So that's the difference between this week and last week, but he definitely felt ready to play last week. So, um, you know, every not, nobody's a hundred percent this time in the season so that was one of the things we talked about with david carr's critic i mean nobody's 100 percent. you know if you're out there playing you're getting banged around right and it i i i load to try and figure out exactly how many yards dallas Goddard's going to get this week here's the one thing i would be surprised if it didn't happen He's going to get more production than the guys who play. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jalen, right. yeah. a big part of it is, at least I think in this Eagle offense, the confidence of the quarterback to throw the ball while you're not wide open. That he has faith that in a situation where you've only got slight separation, he can put the ball somewhere that you can make the play and come down with it. If you don't, if you're a certain individual, he's not going to take that chance. He'll do that with AJ, do that with Smith, do that with Goddard. He's not going to do that with uh, someone uh, like Jack Stoll replacing a Dallas Goddard. He's not going to take the chance that if you're not wide open, he's going to choose you to get the football. I think he's got utter confidence in Dallas Goddard, even coming back from the injury. So he's going to get more targets. Is it going to equate to that many more yards? Maybe uh, the Cowboys secondary is okay, but I wouldn't call shutting down tight ends a strength. Uh, but then again, I sure as hell wouldn't say it about the Eagles unless Shackland comes in and is this big, tall, great coverage guy that Nick Sirianni has been talking about with three days prep to get ready for the game. Uh, God, God, it's going to get the ball thrown his way this weekend. Right, John? Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> certainly, as you said, more than, I mean, they've had no production um, from the tight ends in, in his absence. So um, Albert Wegbanon uh, mm-hmm. had a, um, season high in snaps, obviously. <clears throat> I think he had one target and then uh no no reception, obviously. Jack stole. A lot of people brought up that play. 
you know, that's the dangerous thing. Nick got into the weeds with one of his, and and this is what Nick's is best when he's explaining things. And I always go back to year one, the Jalen Rager game, when he had those two drops and he was talking about, probably remember Jody, he was talking about the depth of the routes. Right. He didn't run the right route. Yeah. Um, and, and, man, people are, you know, people get the screenshots and they're, Jack Stoll's wide open. Why is the ball not coming out? And you know, as we just pointed out, it's Jack Stoll, right? I mean, it, it goes back to Doug Peterson and Matt Collins. He's my sixth freaking option. Why am I designing plays for Jack Stoll? So, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Kemsky, everybody asked him about that particular play, and Nick went into it pretty in depth. And he said on that particular play, on the first play, our design was to go without getting too much into it, was Jack was part of the play to clear out, which makes sense. If you ask the quarterback to read everything on the field, you're going to affect his ability to read some things on the field. And, you know, that that most shows up when people do the film stuff and they expect quarterbacks to be owls, right? They're looking on one side of the field and somebody's open on the backside. Why doesn't he throw it to him? And he's looking on this side of the field. It, it's just another thing to drive. A lot of things driving me crazy this week. But, yeah, I mean, they're not designing plays for Jack Stoll. So when you see him break open immediately, that's not Jalen's read. That, that's just not his read. Um, I'm never going to say 100% of the time, but. 99% of the time, it's not going to be as read. Now, I think it's the criticism, and I followed up, and I asked Nick the question, you know, when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, and I think this was a perfect example this week of him versus Brock Purdy. The Eagles have a quarterback that's so good at extending the play, and I asked, you know, what's the balancing act for him, Nick Sirianni, as the head coach, when you're like, you know, the ball's got to come out here versus the guy who makes a lot of plays on the back end. And I and Nick kind of, and he said that's a really good question because there is, you don't want to be too extreme in anything, and he kind of admitted it's really difficult. Like, what do you want? Do you want right. the guy who's getting the football out immediately? Or do you want the guy who's making plays to Alameda Zacchaeus down the field the week? You know, it's it's a give and take. Um, right. To, to balance the scales here, the great the play, the phenomenal play to Alameda, it's one of the best plays the Eagles have had shoot since, uh, go back to Carson Wentz, uh, creation and doing it against the pressure and dropping it into a perfect bucket, all that. And then this past week, Jalen extends the play. And slips down and, and takes slips, a 15-yard yeah. sack. It's a given So, yeah, yeah. It, when it works. But when it doesn't, yeah, everybody's going to say after the fact, oh, he's wide open. Why did he get rid of the football? Why the hell is he going backwards? Why did he take a 15-yard yeah. sack? Yeah. That, yeah. You, you got to take the yin and the yang. You take yeah. the plus. When he throws the ball to Lamade for a touchdown, nobody's standing up going, yeah, but he had the wide receiver on a quick slant. They could have gotten eight yards. Yeah, that's when you need eight yards rather than a touchdown pass to take the lead. Yeah, it, it, you gotta, you gotta. If you're gonna be fair about it, you gotta look at both sides of it. Yeah, um, and with all quarterbacks who extend the play, you gotta live with it sometimes when it doesn't work. Yeah, you got that. They all take a lot of sacks. Um, then guys who are you know on time and get the football out. Um, 
So you're going to have some negative plays, but you're also going to have backbreaking plays that demoralize the defense. And overall, I think it's much more good than bad for the Eagles and has been uh, for the past two years. But there is a give and take to that, and people need to realize it. You're not getting the football out on time to Jack Stoll. Now, it's important to get the football out on time when you have Debo Samuel. (laughs) Okay, you can go make something of it. Um, the Eagles aren't a manufactured touch team. Um, so too often, I think too often people don't look at the opponent. They really don't Jody. I mean, I I use Josh Sweat as the example and, and there's two games with Josh. Josh Sweat is a great football player, great football player. Week two. Uh, against Minnesota, he looked like the defensive player of the year. But again, people don't look at the opponent. Christian Darasol was hurt. He was a game-time decision. He wasn't able to play. They had to use their backup left tackle. And to Josh's credit, he took advantage of that, and he hurt the poor guy. He beat him so bad on a pass rush, he I forget, he tore something, and he's out for the season, the backup left tackle. I told people all week, this is not a Josh Sweat week. This is not a Josh Sweat week. This is one of the greatest left tackles who has ever played this game. And that is not hyperbole to ever. And you heard it from Barrett Brooks who played the damn position. One of the greatest left tackles to ever play this game. It's more difficult against that guy. He's not going to look like the defensive player of the year. You have to look at the context of each individual game. Um, and I think people are like, well, Josh, what did this against Ole Udo? Why can't he do this? What? Why is he just... I mean, come on, people. What are we talking about? Trent Williams is Trent Williams. And you did say that prior to the game. Absolutely, right here on Birds 365. <laughs> You also said the Eagles defensive line was going to take advantage of the other three offensive of the San Francisco 49ers. That's disappointing. They didn't give credit to the 49er rest of their line and go, all right, they might not be as bad as I painted them as or question the rest of the Eagle defensive line and go, Hey guys, you had an advantage coming into this and you couldn't tell it on the field. Where the hell was your play level? Which one do you think was more, what more than it was? Well, I, I think it was definitely more of the Eagles not taking advantage of a clear, um, uh, a clear on paper uh, matchup that they should have been able to take advantage of. Um, you know, I, I'm not the one who rates them so poorly. Um, you know, you can look at PFF, whatever you want to look at. I mean, those are, you know, when you talk about the 49ers, um, you talk about a lot of things, right? But you don't generally talk about, you might talk about McCaffrey or Kittle or, or Devo or Ayuk or Brock Purdy or even, you know, Elijah Williams. Yeah, yeah I, I got it. Okay. Why did you order them the way that you ordered them? Well, because I think those are the best players on the team. And I didn't even bring up Trent. Trent's number one. Um, no, I mean the fact that Purdy was fourth. You you went to four different offenses because players. I went I in order of who I think the best players are. Right, but and I didn't put Trent Williams in there. 
Uh, I would guarantee you that Brock Purdy doesn't thank you when he makes his acceptance speech for the MVP. Well, that's fine, but he's not even the MVP on his own team. The, the MVP is on his own team is Christian McCaffrey. He's very good. As I said, he's Mo Cheeks. He's not Julius Serving. Uh, Julius Serving is is Christian McCaffrey. Moses Malone is Trent Williams. Um, and he's a great player. Mo Cheeks is in the Hall of Fame. Again, you see that as an insult. I don't see that as an insult. I think it's a tremendous compliment. But anyway, getting back to the original point, the worst player they have rated is Spencer Burford. Uh, the second worst player is Aaron Banks, who who actually, you know, he had some injury issues, and he's okay. I think he's getting better. Then it's Colton McKivitz, uh, uh, who they should have taken advantage of, and Jake Brendel. Every single one of those guys is worse than Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod and Elijah Mitchell, never mind the big stars. And we can argue about the big stars and who's the biggest star and whatever. But they're behind Eliza Mitchell and Ray Ray McLeod. I mean, they're not great players compared to their peers in in the league at, at guard and center and tackle. So that's all you can grade people on. And if you're playing the 49ers, you know you're up against it when you got to deal with McCaffrey and Samuel and Ayuk and Kittle, you know how good they are. And, and you know probably, all right, they got the advantage in these types of situations. So you have to take the advantage where you have the advantage. And Eagles didn't do that. Was it because they played so many snaps? A lot of people have used that. To their credit, they didn't, they didn't use that as an excuse. Um, I think it mattered probably a little bit. Um they certainly came out like a house of fire and fell off really quickly. Um, but they did not take advantage of the same thing happened in the Super Bowl. We're all sitting there and you can say the field and all right, Kansas City's got this and Kansas City's got that. But how's Andrew Wiley going to deal with uh, Hassan Reddick? And um, well, he did on a particular game day. And there could be a lot of reasons for that. Um, same thing long-term, if they lined it up 10 times, I think the Eagles, uh, defensive front is going to eventually, you know, have some good games in those 10 games. And hopefully if they see each other down the road, that happens for the Eagles. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't, they're going to get waxed again because they can't deal with those playmakers. Oh, I don't know too many guys in the league that can stop uh, the leading MVP candidate in the NFL right now. That would be the quarterback of the 49ers. Brock Isn't Purdy. Dak uh, in, in front? Uh, depending on where you look, it's either Purdy or Dak. So, uh, and Purdy is in front and more than Dak is. Jalen is no better than second in any of them. Now he's second or third in most of the, the betting There's market. another guy Eagles fans love. Dak Prescott's having a great season. Yes, yeah. there are a couple betting markets where he is, and all three of them are close. It's like 300, 350, 400. There's, and then a pretty good drop-off. Mahomes off the loss last week has dropped down to fourth. He's like... Eight to one as compared to the the top three, which are Purdy one, Dak two, Hertz three, and yeah, uh, Dak Prescott is eight and four lifetime against the Eagles in the games that he started. Some of those have been against Eagle backup quarterbacks. You know, 
I said this the day they put out the schedule, saw the two Cowboy games against the Eagles where they fit on the schedule and looked like they were both going to be at important times. And damn, if it hasn't played out exactly that way, um, I say, here's the only thing I root for. That Jalen Hurts gets to face off against Dak Prescott twice. Because last year, Jalen won, Cow- Eagles beat the Cowboys. Dak didn't play. Cowboys won, Cowboys beat the Eagles. Jalen didn't play. I wanted to see Jalen against Dak twice this year. We saw it once. And truth be told, Dak did not play badly. He threw for like 150 more yards than Jalen did. It was like 260, 367 at 205. Uh, so Dak did not play bad. Yeah, remember the game. fourth quarter in that game, though. Eagles had the big lead. By the way, does everybody forget that game? We got we can go back to the running game as well. I think because I was doing a lot of run, uh, running stuff yesterday because of the the guy with the sign. Um, so against the Cowboys, the Eagles had thirty three runs versus twenty three passes. And they got too conservative. They had the game one in the fourth quarter, got all conservative, and here comes the Cowboys uh, going down the field with C.D. Lamb just killing uh, Sidney Brown and Eli Ricks. Um, and, and then was the bye, then the Chiefs. There were 27 runs versus 22 passes. Then the Bills, 32 runs versus 31 passes. It's almost like the fans were waiting for a loss and saying, oh, Oh, um, they lost the ball. <laughs> they lost. So run. They have been running the ball. They they're fifth in the league when it comes to running the ball. Um, it's running the ball effectively. And that Dallas game, they got too conservative. They got way too conservative, way too early against a, an, a, an explosive team, and they let Dallas back in the game. And to be honest, Dallas should have stole that game. They had first and goal. They could have. I don't know if I'd say would have. They had first and goal, Jody, at the five or six. I forget. And they went back. Remember, they went backwards. Yeah, they had the penalties. 31. Yeah. Um, yeah, they should have won that game. They should. And I criticized Dak. I remember I criticized him. Lack of situational awareness. Uh, you got four shots with C.D. Lamb against that secondary at the six-yard line. That's what it should have been. They had a delay a game, delay a game from a veteran quarterback in that situation. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I go. You go. Could I go? Should Eagles okay. Eagles fans should be thrilled to get out of that game with a win. And you might be right because the last time I said, "Can I buy a different continent, Vanna?" It would have been the 49ers talking about the NFC Championship game last year. If they had said. We could have won the game with Brock Purdy. I don't think anybody pitches a bitch. I think most people go, all right, you got confidence in your team. Understood. Yeah, you could have won, right? Uh, but the fact that they all stuck with wood, we would have won the game, which makes it definitive. It's going to happen. It would have happened. Yeah, after the results this past week, maybe they had maybe they had a uh, actual legitimate claim but man, they backed up, up their talk they backed it up man yeah they kind of did and i thought that they were wrong for going down the wood here yeah i'll i'll stick with should cuz eagles defense might have been able to come up with a stop first and well, goal you from never the know. nothing's 100% i mean you, know, you can tip the football i remember um was it was it Cravant? who tipped the football in green bay um boy it was craig james Craig James coming off the practice squad. 
uh, beating Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. Anything can happen, but uh, uh, yeah. So it's nothing's a hundred percent, but the odds are the odds. And Here, and here's one of the reasons why I would have said it would have been more difficult. Um, C.D. Lamb is a quickness player. He's not. He's not A.J. Brown. He's not uh, Debo Samuel, who's gonna uh, break a tackle and uh, take take a two yard pass and make it into a. <laughs> against the Eagles this year, 50-yard, last week, a 50-yard play. But we're talking about inside the six-yard line, so you only got to go too much. Um, he's a quickness guy. Field shrinks. You're inside the six. C.D. Lamb's advantage isn't as big as it is when you got the entire field to work with. And he ran circles around the Eagles. Non-corner, non-slot playing corners that were attempting to play corner against him. Uh, yeah, they would, wouldn't have been as big. Like the last play, what the play ended up being. They give him a little bit more space. They let him catch the ball underneath, and they tackle him at the four-yard line, which was actually good positional awareness the way they played that play, but it would have been more difficult. So I'm not uh, just going to write it off. Oh, if they hadn't taken a penalty, hadn't taken the sack, they would have scored from the six. Well, Man, that's why I, I didn't say I didn't say could. I said should. But uh, I think you're downplaying uh, uh, CD's uh, yards after catch. He is very good after the catch. I'm trying to pull it up um he's uh well he's having a great season obviously um all pro level season he's got he's got 403 yards after the catch so he and he, he makes well, some plays man he i makes some plays. i attempted to explain it i'll try again um whole field 20 yard line got the entire field to play with he gets a step on you he's that quick he's that fast yes Making a play by breaking a tackle like Debo Samuel does, running to well, no, that's what I'm saying. He's not Debo Samuel, he's not AJ Brown. AJ had a couple of great slant plays where, yeah, he shed a tackle. That's not CD. CD is gonna outrun you, he's gonna outquick you, he's gonna out uh speed you. You don't do that from the six yard line, you do that from your own six, and you turn a five yard slant into a 40 yard gain. So his yards after catch, depending on where on the field he makes those plays, might be one of the toughest guys in the NFL. You're right. But the specific incident we were talking about was inside the six-yard line. Well, but even the quickness, I mean, he's one of the toughest guys to deal with because, you know, if you think about it from the, the Cooper Cups of the world, you know, quickness off the line of scrimmage from the slot, oof, that's tough to deal with. Um, if they would have thrown him, and that's where I said, sh that's why I say should have won the game. If they would, they had four chances. And if they would have thrown, I said it that week, I said they didn't throw it to him enough. If, yep. if, if they threw it to him four times, they would have completed one of them. Uh, he, he would have, he would have beaten those guys. Now at that point, um, they had finally switched play on to him to try to, mitigate some of the damage but slay's not comfortable in the slot he he admits it um yeah I, well then what are they gonna do this week when dallas comes out because i i i think i've done the mayor culpas here before i had three big question marks for the cowboys when the year started everyone was singing the praises of the addition of a better second wide receiver cooks they did a better second cornerback gilmore they did 
Oh, by the way, I had no idea that DeMond Bland was going to jump up and become no, the no, number well, one when Diggs goes down. Nobody so did. good on, that looked, on that DeMond looked like Bland. a big injury at the time. Yeah, and it is because then they would have, I mean, Diggs is a very good player. He, AJ, I couldn't say enough good things about Trayvon Diggs yesterday, but uh, um, Cooks has started to heat up, by the way. Um, yeah. He's he started to get better. But remember, the Eagles didn't have Roby that week. Um, so it's going to be a little bit better. But, yeah, that's not a good matchup. We talk about matchups. C.D. Lamb is not a good matchup for the Eagles. He's not a good matchup for anybody. He's having a great year, as I said. But So you think um, they'll play it the same way they did the last game until uh, C.D. Lamb gets 175 yards? I don't think he's outside. getting – well, I think Roby's going to be better than what um, Ricks and uh, – Brown were that week. That's not a high bar. I think he's going to be better. I said he knows how to play at least. Um, he understands the position. Um, so that alone will help mitigate some of the issues. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's sometimes it's, like I said last week with Trent um, and this week, you got to look at the opponent. And, yeah, C.D. Lamb's going to be a problem. So what do you what do you do? You try to make he's going to get a hundred yards probably, you know. But you don't want that a hundred to turn into a hundred and ninety. Um, he's going to get a lot of traffic, and you just want to limit it. So I'll go back to my NBA analogies. You know, he's going to score twenty five. Just make it difficult. Um, make him work for it. Make him make him use more targets to to get the accumulating numbers, but he's going to do some things because he's really good. And that's a key for the Eagles. If they're going to win this game this weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. All right. McMullen McDonald, come back. I got another one or two things I want to run by John before Olivia Rainier from the Inquirer is going to join us. Hour number two, Mac and Mac coming your way here on the Jacob media YouTube channel. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you 
There's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Johnny Mac and Johnny Mac, your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365, Thursday of Dallas week. Yes, Cowboys on Sunday night. And I would just suggest if you think the Cowboys are going to lose, if the Eagles are going to win, uh, just to get on the right side of karma, yeah, I'd go ahead and hit that like button. Like, share, and subscribe, Birds 365. I think the outcome of the Cowboy-Dallas game kind of depends on it. If you don't hit it, well, then you're leaving it up to the football guy. You hit the like button. Yeah, you're registering the belief. You guaranteeing a win if they hit the like button? I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I'm just giving you my feeling on football karma. This is, let me repeat, Birds 365. That's the name of the show. It's Birds 365. If the football guides are listening, they know this is Birds 365. And if you're of the belief that the birds are going to win the game against the Cowboys this week. Maybe you could acknowledge it by hitting the 14 in a row. The Dallas Cowboys won at AT AT&T stadium. They've beaten the Eagles there five consecutive times. You know, it's funny, Jody, the Eagles haven't been an underdog for a long time until last week. And I think that raised a lot of eyebrows and, you know, the 49ers proved uh, they deserved to be in the position they were in. But it's interesting. If the Eagles did win the game, I still think the Cowboys would have been favored in this game. Do you think that? Mm, maybe. Um, well, put it this way. If the Eagles won by the score that the 49ers won by, the answer is no. The Eagles would be the favorite in the game. And uh, the, the lines makers make their lines on an entire year's worth of results. So any one game is not going to move the needle drastically. But it sure as hell moved it drastically last week with the beatdown that the 49ers put on the Eagles. So I'm I'm saying if the Eagles had done the same thing to the 49ers, I think they would have been it would have been that attention grabbing that would have actually made them a favorite in this game. Yeah, I I think the Cowboys, because of what they've been... Now, they almost lost to the Seahawks. That would have changed things if the Seahawks were able to uh, make a play at the end there. 
uh, and the Cowboys lost, I think that would have changed things. But that 14 in a row, five straights, um, yeah, they're, they're tough to play down there. They are, and that's where the Eagles are headed. And one of the reasons why the Cowboys are tough, period, home, away, anywhere, is a guy by the name of Micah Parsons, and we can recant the whole draft day thing. The Eagles actually could have selected Micah Parsons. They didn't want uh, to pick Micah Parsons. I'm surprised that, by the way, I'm surprised that doesn't get more um, more play. Um because well, obviously Devontae's very good. I'm going to give credit to Eagle fans here, our streamers, the uh, guys who listen to me on WIP. They get it. They know the dynamics of what happened on that draft day night and the way that it all played out. And that, that, that legitimately, the Eagles did what they wanted to do. And it wasn't that they didn't like Michael Parsons. They weren't going. And again, here's the funny part of it. At the time, now Johnny Mac loves to take a bow on this one, and he's going to do it again because he should. Um, Michael Parsons came into the league as a linebacker. Penn State played him off the ball as a linebacker, and he was judged as a linebacker coming into the draft. And we all know what the Eagles think about the linebacker position. They're going to use a first-round pick on a linebacker? Not happening. Hasn't happened in decades. Why would it's going to change going into that draft? now? John, as he has reminded us, said before the draft. Well, you got to you got to take your wins. You take your you take your victory laps yeah. when you get them. And Johnny Mac earned and deserved that one because he did say, "I see him more as a pass rusher than a side to side linebacker." And he comes into the league and he might be the quickest pass rusher in the entire National Football League. So it's exactly what Johnny Mac said. Um, the Eagles didn't know that. I don't even know that the Cowboys knew uh, The that. Cowboys didn't know it. No, no. They didn't know it. They were playing them at all-ball linebacker. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. I wasn't saying it because of there was a 0% chance the Eagles were taking Mike Parsons. I'm not saying it because of that. But you know how fans tend to be. It's revisionist history, and he's turned into what he's turned into. And I'm surprised there hasn't been more revisionist history. Same thing with running the ball, blitzing. You know, run the ball. We lost the game. Run the ball. We lost the game because we didn't. There were 75 issues before you get to that. But run the ball. Um, blitz. Blitz. We're having trouble. Blitz. Blitz. Well, yeah, we're terrible at the blitz. We can't stop Brock Purdy at all with the blitz. But blitz again. Just blitz differently. Um, I thought there would be more revisionist history because of what Micah has turned into. I'm pleasantly surprised that there hasn't been. Um, and, and oh, by the way, they did take Devontae Smith. If they had taken a bust of a player, whether we thought the Eagles had a 0% yeah, then there would have been. Yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the hell was Howie Roseman thinking? What an idiot. Bye-bye. They got a really good player at a different yeah. position that they felt at the time. Shoot, A.J. Brown wasn't here yet. How badly did they need Devontae Smith? Oh, man. Yes, they did. So I think yeah, you're right. Fans... If it was a bad player, there would be more. You're right. right. But they got they got a very good player. So that helped as well. But uh yeah. I mean, more so, you know, Micah went what 12th. Um, um the the real losers in that draft were the New York Giants because um the Eagles jumped over the Giants. They knew the Giants wanted a receiver. Um, and Devontae was the last guy, and they jumped over the Giants to get him 
with the Cowboys, ironically. So it was NFC East crime all. And then the Giants said, screw it. We're going to trade back. And they traded to Darius Tony with like the 21st or right. 20. And that's yeah. another one. I, got I would right. take the I said, I said that's Smith horrible. The last guy. There were two top wide receivers, Waddle and Smith. Waddle no, I mean, that the board, they were, I mean, the receivers at that position were gone. So uh, uh, the Eagles, I, again, there, there had been one wide receiver taken, Waddle. Yeah. The Eagles had this one was, and I still think I thought before, and I'll still say to this day that Devontae Smith is actually better. If I had a choice of either one of them, the day of the draft, uh, a month after the draft, a year after the draft, all the way up to today, I'll take Devontae Smith. But that's the only thing. There were two top guys. Well, yeah, all I'm saying was there was only one guy left at that position at that point of the draft worth taking. And the Eagles knew, um, the Eagles knew uh, the Giants were going to take him, and that's why they moved up uh, from 12 um, to get ahead of the Giants, who were at 11. And then the Giants traded down and ultimately took Kadarius Toney, which is another one I got right. I said that was a disaster of a pick, and it turned out to be a disaster of a pick. But the Eagles liked four players, and they liked Waddle, and they liked Horn and Sertan and Devontae. Those were the four players they had targeted. They actually loved Zach Wilson, but couldn't get up to get him. Uh, but that I digress. Um, so those were the four players they had their eyes on. And the three were gone. And they would have taken the corners, both of them. Um, those were their top choices. They did like Waddle a little bit better than Devontae. But those were the four players they had ears on, uh, uh, their eyes on, and they thought one of them would, would fall to 12, and they saw very quickly that that wasn't going to happen. And they ultimately, as I said, leapfrogged the Giants, which was a savvy move, and they ended up with a really good player. And then Chicago jumped up with the Giants to take Justin Peels, and Dallas got uh, the player they wanted. Um, but even as you're right with the Cowboys, they were going to play him. They they not were they did. They started him as yeah. an all ball linebacker, and then they had a bunch of injuries. Demarcus got hurt, and they said, "Geez, we got no pass rush. Let's try him here." And bang, turned into Micah Parsons. And oh, by the way, again, if somehow the Eagles pick and the other guys that the Eagles had uh, rated ahead of Micah Parsons had turned into stiffs then, yeah, we'd be second-guessing. They were all good players. Wild's been great. Uh, both of the corners have been great. And certainly, Devontae's been great for the Eagles. So the Eagles had that draft pretty well scoped out. The best player in that draft is Michael Parsons. Uh, sorry, there's just no way around it. He has been that impactful in the National Football League, and that's what the Eagles faced this week. I said this yesterday here on Birds 365, when you play the Dallas Cowboys, you have to make sure that Michael Parsons doesn't blow up the game because he is that good. He is that capable of making one or two plays that are so huge you actually can attribute the phrase blow up the game. What are the Eagles going to do to make sure Michael Parsons doesn't blow up the game? Do what they always do. Lane, you're up. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I'm but they surprised move, they move Mike around. Well, uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Last week we talked about it with the matchup that uh, Sweat plays on one side. They don't move Sweat and uh, guys inside out all that much. 
They don't even stunt all that much on given plays. Forget about lining him up at different positions. He's on the side against Trent Williams. Yeah, good luck uh, with that, Josh. We know you're up against the big bad guy. They move Parsons around. He doesn't just yeah, lock but in I'm, across I'm, the lane. I'm very surprised they don't do it more. And you're right, but they have been, and it's a mistake. And Lane has generally, look, Lane has handled Micah Parsons better than anybody else. And that's no surprise. He just did it again to Nick Bosa. And he handles Nick Bosa better than anybody else. Oh, yeah. Um, And I'm surprised. I wouldn't even put Micah near Lane Johnson. I'd say... Demarcus Lawrence, buddy. All right, you you handle that, and I'm going to try to take it. And by the way, Jordan Mylott is pretty good. This is, but I would I would lean, and I would I would use Micah inside, and they do all these things, but they don't do it enough. Um, and they got to get him away from Lane Johnson. They got to get him away from Lane Johnson. Um, and but the Eagles, this is the luxury the Eagles have. They don't. They don't, most teams have to go in and say, I got a chip. I got to help. I got to do, they look at their, let that their tackles and they say that, all right, we don't got to worry about that. And that's with Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa and anybody else. That's the way they play. And that's a huge advantage they have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this would be a very difficult thing to look up. So I'm not going to even ask you, but I, I will uh, tell you, I, you said you don't think they do it enough. My guess would be, and again, I can't look it up on Eagles. They don't do it enough is what I'm saying. Against the Eagles. Okay. Because I would say that he is as mobile a defensive lineman as there is in the National Football League. There just aren't other guys that they go, he's so good we can plug him in anywhere. And he can come off uh, the A gap, the B gap. He moves more than anybody else if you're saying – Beware, they may do it this week because I wouldn't want to go against Lane Johnson either. Um, they they do they do do it, and I would. Oh, they do do it. I I think they should do it more against the Eagles. I and in fact, I I would like I said, I would make them. I would I, I would make them exclusive to the other side to take advantage of the matchups. That's what yeah. I would do. Then, That's then not what they're going to do. I hope if that happens, you get a very motivated Jordan Mailata that they're, they're swapping them to the other side to go every play against me. And by the way, the Jordan, Jordan's a very good player. The Eagles aren't going to help Jordan Mailata either. They, 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 they have tremendous confidence in Jordan Mailata. I'm not trying to say that, but Lane has proven himself against Micah Parsons specifically against Nick Bosa specifically. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Everybody played poorly in that stinking game except Lane Johnson. Baldy put up the clips. It's unbelievable. And that's the defensive player of the year. He's there, Trent Williams. Right. Um, I think just in general, I think the Eagles offensive line did well in pass blocking. Uh, Hurts had time. He just couldn't find his guys. Endor, when he tried to extend a play, he slipped 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. That was not good. All right, uh, coming up next, we got Levin Rainier from the uh, Inquirer jumping on with us. Haven't had her up in a while. Going to be fun to talk to her again. Eagles Cowboys here on Birds 365.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Streaming in here on Birds 365 on Cowboys Week. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, and we're lucky enough to have Olivia Rainier from the Inquiry join us. Uh, Olivia, the beatdown they took at the hands of the 49ers was something we haven't seen here in Philadelphia in a while. Now, Eagles have lost games. They lost the Super Bowl. They haven't gotten their heads handed to them the way the, the 49ers did. How did they bounce back from that against Dallas this week? Um, it's a great question. That's exactly what they're trying to figure out right now. They play in old, yeah, they just got beat up pretty badly on Sunday. I don't think there's really any like secret, you know, what, what happened. I mean, just about in every facet of the game, they just got beat. Um, and so now they have no choice but to come in this week and, and learn from that and make correct their mistakes and look forward to this upcoming weekend against a very good opponent. Unfortunately for the Eagles, it doesn't get any easier from here with the Cowboys. They know that, especially going to their, uh, you know, their field uh, at AT AT&T, it's a tough place to play in. And it's, it's an even harder place to win in if you're an opposing team. So they've got pretty much everything to work on, everything to improve upon. The good news for the Eagles is that they've played this team once before this season. 
they've beaten this team once before and it really it wasn't that long ago it was a month ago so certainly things have changed since then but they have to have an opportunity to try to try to build on that as they get set for this week yeah 14 straight uh olivia the cowboys at at and stadium five straight against the eagles they've won so it is a really really difficult place to play but you're gonna have to be good teams if the eagles want to go where they want to go uh before i dive more into the cowboys uh though i do have to talk about the 49ers game because um where would you be as far as you know this mentality of blush it you know it was a bad game um a lot of things factor into it. Um, it is uncharacteristic for the Eagles. If you're part of the coaching staff, do you do you say eh, it's an anomaly, or do you say we got some we got some bigger issues? And what are the big issues? Did you have coffee with the run the ball guy yesterday, mm-hmm. or is it the back seven on the defense? What what do they need to fix to get back to normal? I think multiple things can be true at the same time. Um, I think obviously defensively that game was a a massive concern. You allow six consecutive touchdowns on six consecutive drives. I don't think a lot of teams are winning that game, uh, no matter how great that offense is. Even if they scored, I mean, perhaps the momentum would have been – it would have been a lot different had the offense gone down and scored on those two drives instead of just settling for field goals, but – um, yeah, the defense defense can't do that. Um, that said, they were playing against the 49ers, who are a team that are honestly at, at this point, they seem to be built to dismantle this Eagles defense um, and exploit the middle of the field. So the Eagles need to try to figure out exactly, you know, this has been an issue for the better part of the season. How can they try to strengthen the middle of their defense? We saw them bring in Shaq Leonard. Um, I don't know if we can put too much uh, put too much as far as our expectations on him alone to solve all their problems. Um, but I think getting back Zach Cunningham this upcoming week as well, potentially could be uh, beneficial. That said, I, I don't think the Cowboys are the same type of offense uh, by any means as the 49ers are the, the personnel groupings that they use are a little bit different. Um, so uh, certainly the defense, the middle of the field is something that's an issue. But I think also, you know, we saw quite a bit of uh, missed tackles in that game, um, blown assignments, uh, you know, just the, the defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, even admitting that he didn't always put his guys in, in the best positions to succeed. So I, the, the blame does not solely fall on one person. Um, it, it deserves to be spread around a little bit defensively and offensively i think execution um is is something that i think we've talked about quite a bit throughout the season at times um and that was again a factor um on sunday so i think cleaning up in all of those areas capitalizing there was you know a lot of missed opportunities um on offense i think for hertz especially in the passing game and then um, yeah, just figuring out a better, a better way to run the ball more efficiently too. It's not just, uh, the frequency with which the Eagles run the ball. It's the ability to run the ball well. And they, they did not, uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to see more two yard runs from, you know, Deandre Swift or really whoever, nobody had a great day on the ground. Um, so it's a, it's a matter of trying to run the ball efficiently too, in order to open up the passing game. All right, Olivia, I'm going to give you a stat line, okay? 
uh, quarterback stat line from this past weekend. 21 of 33 for 210 yards, one touchdown, one interception, a 79.1 quarterback passer rating, excuse me, not quarterback rating, and he was sacked three times. Sounds a lot like Jalen Hurts, but it wasn't. It was Patrick Mahomes losing to the Green Bay Packers this week. Why didn't David Carr suggest that Patrick Mahomes should <laughs> this upcoming week? Uh, it, who's Is it Gabbard? Who's their backup these days? Kansas City. Their, their uh, guy retired. Why can't I think of their yeah, backup? Yeah, Chad work? Henney retired. I think it yeah. is Blaine Gabbard. I think it's Blaine Gabbard. Yeah, yeah. Blaine Gabbard to start for the Chiefs this week, uh, <laughs> as per David Carr. Did he do the Eagles a favor by saying something as foolish as he did from a motivational standpoint? I don't know. Nick Sirianni likes to say, you know, that you, you pick and choose what you use to motivate you. If I'm Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts, he doesn't strike me as the guy who's using a ton of external motivation to get himself going for this week. So to me, I, I don't really think that David Carr's words should mean anything to him if he wasn't motivated before to win this game. I don't think he would be in the position that he's in right now. Um, but, you know, if it's something, if it's a little added boost and they can use it in a, in a healthy, productive way, by all means, go for it. But at the end of the day, a lot of people, I mean, everyone has opinions. And I would say for them, the, the certain opinions should not matter. What we do really, what we say should not matter to them. Um you know, I, I would be I wouldn't understand why it, it would matter what David Carr says to Jalen Hurts. It's not for him. It's for it's for the people watching the show. I don't know. Um, yeah. But hey, whatever, whatever gets him going, whatever he needs to get do. That's his. Yeah. Business. Nick, Nick says if it works, use it. That's sort of what he says. Uh, so if it gives you personal motivation in a good way, yeah, use it. But I, I would say this, David Carr aside, because that was goofy. Jalen Hurts was the favorite for MVP, loses one game, and all of a sudden we're talking about benching him for Marcus Mariota for whatever reason. It's absurd. But I do think, Olivia, that Jalen Hurts has reached this sacred cow status where if you criticize him, you're ostracized and set adrift. And I saw an alarming statistic, and I'm going to give you this one. Jalen's rookie season, which doesn't matter that much, but – uh, he didn't play that much. He, he It took him 3.39 seconds to throw the ball, which was the slowest in the NFL. 2021, uh, his first season as a starter, slowest in the NFL. 2022, big improvement. 14th, right middle of the pack. This year, second slowest. He's not getting the football out uh, as quickly. And we kind of saw it against the 49ers where he's, extending, 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 and, and he slips, bad things happen. Now, Jody and I were talking before you came on, you go back and say the Alameda Zacchaeus play and say, look at him making a play. I asked Nick this yesterday. He said it was a good question, but he didn't really answer it. It's like, what's that balancing line? Getting the football out like Brock Purdy or extending plays? And do you think he's shifted a little bit too to being too slow again. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly in the 49ers game, it certainly appeared that way. Absolutely. Um, but then there's other occasions where we see 
that he has this really strong ability to extend plays. And so you don't want to necessarily take that away from him either. So um, I, I don't know what I would do. I'm not, you know, I'm not, not going to sit here and tell Nick Sirianni how to handle that, but there is certainly a balancing act there of like, let's, we want to get the ball out quickly. And I think part of that is an adjustment that they need to make in game. If, if they aren't, uh, if for whatever reason, they're not able to get the ball down the field, extend plays, or they're having issues in that area as they did on, on Sunday night against the 49ers, then do they pivot to something where they are getting the ball out a little bit faster? I mean, you, you kind of saw the 49ers do that early in the game. It looked like Purdy was you know trying to take his time a little bit and, and finding his receivers down the field. And um, they weren't able to get into a rhythm. And as the night went on and uh, they finally start putting their first positive yardage plays up they it was because they started to get into a rhythm they started to get the ball out a little bit faster um i'm not saying that the eagles need to be doing what the 49ers are doing but it's just that i think there needs to be some some flexibility potentially um in, in adjusting and uh trying to take take what works takes what take what is working and it certainly doesn't help that uh, dallas goddard has been out for the last several games i think potentially getting him back this upcoming weekend can help Hertz get the ball out in rhythm. He is someone that Hertz clearly trusts quite a bit um, and uh, is usually available sort of in, in those shorter range options for him. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see how his potential return affects Hertz this upcoming weekend in Dallas. Olivia, if I had told you in August, the week after they signed him, that Zach Cunningham was going to miss the 49er game in week 11. And, oh, my God, what a price the Eagles would pay for it. They picked him up off the street. They had signed Nicholas Morrow during the actual offseason. And Nicobe Dean was going to be their main linebacker this year. Zach Cunningham was a kind of poke-and-hope guy. But certainly leading in the last game last uh, the game last week, the, uh, we thought they were going to miss him going in. And after the game, we saw how badly they actually did miss him. How important is the return of Zach Cunningham this week to that Eagle linebacking core? I think it's going to be good just to have options. I mean, it's tough when you have to ride with the same two guys for the majority of the game. I, and I know we saw Sidney Brown come in very rarely kind of in this hybrid linebacker role. But aside from that, we saw essentially a ton of uh, Nicholas Morrow and, and Christian Ellis because that was who all that was who they had. Um, so that this is going to at least give them a little bit of flexibility to rotate some guys, which is what they were doing when Nicobe Dean was healthy and it was Zach Cunningham and, and Nicholas Morrow also, you know, in there for them at inside linebacker. So, um, you know, it's tough. I think Morrow undeniably had a rough game on Sunday, but he has been okay for the Eagles this season on the whole. Um, so it's one of those games that he needs to learn from and kind of flush it. But yeah, I think getting Zach Cunningham back, he has been a, a solid addition for the Seagulls defense this, this year. Um, I think that will be helpful just again, to have some, some fresh legs and again, like seeing what, what can Shaq Leonard do this, this week, how uh, ready will he be? He'll have had the week. Um, so perhaps he'll be on a little bit of a, of a snap count, but it'll be certainly good for the Eagles to have a little bit more depth and just some options at the position to use different guys, depending on, on the matchups that they like. Uh, larger picture on that defense, Olivia. Um, you know, we all 
Howie Roseman has done a tremendous job uh, building this roster, this team. But I will say, if you look at it, and some of it's injury-related um, with Abonte Maddox and Nicobe Dean, but bottom line is the Eagles keep adding players, whether it's even Zach Cunningham wasn't here when training camp started. Yeah. And you got Bradley Roby coming in in-season, Kevin Byard coming in in-season, uh, Shaq Leonard's got to get up uh, and, and play some this week in three days. Um uh, a prep at some point is it should it be obvious that yeah they're having some issues um when you have that many moving parts um there's going to be communication issues is it as simple as that um, i don't know honestly it's uh it's a good question for the players um but yeah, it's definitely something that I would not, I can't imagine that it's easy at this point to integrate players, but that's kind of the nature of the league. This is what happens. I think last season, this Eagles team was blessed, honestly, to not have to deal with as many injuries. And they were bound to regress to some sort of like average in terms of dealing with injuries yeah, across the board. But I'll so, say this, let me, let yeah. me just jump in real quick. It, it, other teams don't do this. And I think fans like it because you bring in Shaq Leonard. That's a three-time all pro you bring in Kevin Byard. That's a two-time all pro. They're obviously not those players. Other, as you mentioned, everybody's got injuries. Most other places they go to the next man up, man up and they say, all right, let's sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but the Eagles seem to be in love with this, I call it the mercenary market. And, you know, people are talking about Indomitian and Sue coming back. I'm like, what are they going to turn over the whole roster after one loss? Did they do that too much and get too enamored? Joe Banner used to call it the big name trap. Um, big name, big name, instead of just going, you know what? Like you said, Nick Morrow had a bad game, but he, he had been playing well. Why push the panic button? Yeah, I don't think that they should say Nick Morrow should never play another snap. I think it's just it, it is good for them to have options and depth at a position where they have dealt with and currently are dealing with injuries. Um, so that's how I view it. I think safety, I, feel, I view safety as a little bit different than their situation as in, inside linebacker because they were in camp with like kind of a a dubious safety situation. You had Terrell Edmonds, you had Justin Evans, Reed Blankenship looking like he had secured the, one of the starting roles. But then going into week one, we were like, I don't really know who's going to start alongside Reed Blankenship at safety. Um, and, and Justin Evans emerges as that guy. He quickly gets, gets injured. Terrell Edmond gets, Edmonds gets thrust into the spotlight and uh, it, he just it can't, uh, suffice, I suppose. So um, it's a balance of, you know, how long is the leash and how long do we allow these guys to, to, you know, just to try them out and, and see if they can be starting caliber, uh, you know, at their positions. And in this case, I, it's the Eagles didn't seem to believe that Terrell Edmonds was a starter. And so they, they moved him to see if they and acquired another starter. So um, I think it's always, it should always be a case by case basis. Um, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, whoever's at least available on the free agent market 
in this moment, um, you know, there's probably a reason <laughs> and that they're not necessarily going to come in and be this like, you know, Jack Leonard probably definitely is not the player right now that he was at the beginning of his career. I don't think anyone should expect that, but it, you know, what's the worst that could possibly happen. So I think there, there's a difference between, you know, this, this position got depleted throughout the season and here we are, we're not super happy with the depth guys who are depth guys at the end of the day, they're not starters. If they were starters, they'd be starters. Mm -hmm. um, or, or, you know, it's, it's a, a, there's a difference between that and maybe coming into the season, not feeling totally secure in who the starters are, which it's kind of, I feel like what the situation was at safety. All right, Olivia, I got a cup. First of all, I need you to be an objective third party here because I know how Johnny Mack would answer these questions. But I need you to be an objective third party. A uh, couple questions lead to a third question. Number one, this week's game against the Cowboys, getting off to a quick start, more than any other game, less than any other game, just another game. How important is a quick start in this game? Um, it's important because that's something that the Eagles have struggled to do this season. So I think it's important that they do that. I would say it's even more important that they sustain a quick start, or at least, you know, they, it, I mean, this past week against the 49ers, we, the Eagles did get off to a pretty quick start. They sputtered twice in the red zone, which is, you know, at the end of the day, that's where it matters. And after that, they weren't able to maintain any sort of momentum whatsoever. So um, it's not just about starting strong. It's about continuing to maintain that and to be able to turn the momentum when you need to. And I think the defense certainly didn't help. They didn't make any plays throughout the game. I mean, we saw San Francisco continually make plays throughout the game on defense and um, force the Eagles offense off the field. Um, so that's, uh, I think it's, it's more than just starting strong. You got to be able to maintain that throughout the game. All right. So here's my question. Number two, these matchups, tell me which one you feel stronger about from an Eagles advantage position, Eagles offense against the Cowboy defense, Cowboy offense against the Eagle defense. Where does the, where do the Eagles have the bigger advantage? Um, I mean, it's tough. This is a, a good team. You know, I'll always, I'll always take just in general, the Eagles trenches, um, both offensively and defensively. I think the Eagles defensive line has hit a little bit of a plateau. So I'm very eager to see what happens in this upcoming game, both kind of in the interior and on the edges. Um, so that's, but that, you know, I'll always take, I think the, the defensive line over this Cowboys offensive line. And maybe you're not uh, understanding my question. Where do the Eagles have a bigger advantage, their offense against the Cowboy defense or their defense against the Cowboy offense, which of those two matchups do the Eagles have a better advantage in? Um, I don't, I think I, I more so look at it as like positionally than I think one has the, you don't want to answer my question. Just say <laughs> stupid question, Jody, move on. Here's the reason I was asking the question because okay. it's a stupid I, I, question, Jody. Move yeah, on. I know. That's oh, what I knew. Mick would say. Here's, here's the point I was trying to make. I think the Eagles offense against the Cowboy defense is more advantageous than the Cowboy offense against the Eagles defense. The Eagles defense is not playing well right now. 
Yeah, I, well, I would always take the Eagles offense. You would always take yeah. the Eagle offense. Then here's the question. They go out for the coin flip. They flip it. The Philadelphia no, Eagles win. What should they do? That say, give me the ball. Give me the ball. They will no. not. They will say, we will defer. We will give it to the Cowboys first. So when the Eagles, when the Cowboys go down the field and CeeDee Lamb has four grabs for 62 yards, including a touchdown, just remember you're in here first. They should have taken the ball. I, it, uh, yeah, full disclosure, uh, Olivia. Jody loves uh, – he wants people to take the ball at the start. That, that is absolutely off. positively not true. I'm going to defend myself here. <laughs> the fact that the Eagles do it out of rote, it doesn't matter. The sky could be falling. Chicken Little should be say, would be could be on the sidelines going, take the ball, take the ball, take the ball. Doesn't matter. The Eagles just automatically say, we'll defer. And I think there are certain weeks with the matchup taken into consideration where you say, you know, it's better that we start with the ball. We need to establish the fact that we're going to stick it down their throat. We're going to go. Down. That's my that's my big bugaboo is that yeah. there's no thought. That's in, for crappy no thought teams. in it whatsoever. That's for crappy teams. Uh, crappy teams have to think that way. The Eagles think they're really good. Now, sometimes the Eagles might have a little too much hubris, Olivia, and think they're too good. Like this week, I say, you know, they're going to put – Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata on an island because they always do because they're really good. And they say, all right, go get them. Nick Bosa, Micah Park, doesn't matter. Lane, go get them. Sometimes I think there's a little bit, there should be a little bit to be malleable. But this is not the week the 49ers expressed it. They ended, they sandwiched intermission. They scored a touchdown at the end of the second quarter. And they came out and got the ball in the third quarter because they deferred and they scored another touchdown and they won the game. That's what you're trying to do when you defer. So I don't think that's a good week to bring it up. Come on, Johnny Mac, you watched that game last week. That's the reason the 49ers won the game because they scored well, at the end of the first half. They scored at the start of the second half. Oh my God, that, the Eagles had no freaking chance after that. that. Didn't Come on, hurt. they got that, dominated from. Uh, and from the first second of the second quarter, that's when the game started. Was the first welcome, second of the second welcome, quarter? They're uh, on. By the way, welcome to our arguing. That didn't help, Jody. Anyway, it, all right. Last one for me. Make sure you follow Olivia on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Last name first. Is it? I said this last time. Is it Reiner or Rainer? It is Reiner. Yes. It is Reiner. All right. Correct. At Reiner Olivia. So last name first, first name last uh, on Twitter X uh, reader at the Philadelphia Inquirer um, does a tremendous job. First season covering the team with all our friends down there. Mike Sealski, Marcus Hayes, David Murphy, blah, blah. You got Jeff McLean, EJ Smith, Josh Tolentino. So they got an army covering the Eagles and Olivia does it uh, as good as anybody. Um when we talk about the Cowboys, we talk about Micah Parsons. Um, he can wreck a game. Um, and I kind of just alluded to it. Do you just say, Lane, it's up to you, buddy. He just did it against Nick Bosa. There's one guy who you can say didn't play poorly. If there is one guy against the 49ers, it's Lane Johnson. Um, and you just say, normal business as usual. So I was talking about that hubris the Eagles occasionally have. Do you change anything 
because you have to stop Micah Parsons. I think you, in this scenario, yeah, you've got to trust your tackles, but you also have to acknowledge that Micah Parsons will line up everywhere. <laughs> it's not just going to be the tackles that have to deal with him. The guards are going to have to deal with him too. I'm sure, um, you know, Jason Kelsey's going to have to help out in some areas too. So I think it's a matter more so of communication and um, just knowing, you know, how that the line needs to kind of adjust in the moment. Um, but yeah, if, if you, it, it's just, it's a, it's a tricky game because then, you know, if, if you uh, double him, then potentially you're leaving somebody else on block. So there, there needs to be good communication and, and trying to figure out exactly how to approach him. But I, at the end of the day, I think, you know, if he is lined up uh, on the edge, then the tackles have to be able to do that. I, I don't see, I mean, obviously Lane Johnson is coming off of a really impressive game against Nick Bosa and he continues to, to prove uh, that he's capable of, I mean, we, we've, we've known this about Lane, but you know, he continues to show that, he is capable of going up against the league's top edge rushers and winning those matchups. Um, I think Jordan Mailata at times has had his moments throughout the season, but he's also, you know, incredibly talented and good at what he does too. So I, I, I think again, like I'll always pick the Eagles, uh, the, their line play over, you know, the, the Dallas over Dallas's are really most of opponents throughout the league. And I don't really see this matchup as anything different. Other than it's in that house and they've won 14 games in a row. Roster, roster, I like the Eagles too. That place we'll see about on Sunday. Olivia, great stuff. We appreciate much your hopping in today. Have a safe flight down to Dallas and back. We'll be reading you all weekend. Of course. Thanks, guys. Our pleasure. Thanks, Olivia. Olivia Rainier from uh, the Inquirer. It was on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, come back. Put a bow on the show. Football Thursday here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, here with you on Birds 365. All right, full blown practice today. Johnny Mac, is that true? Can the Eagles actually full have a full blown, blown practice? Full blown practice. Yeah, full blown. And as full means, blown as it is, these right in this world. Week 14 uh, in an NFL season where the Eagles have been. How would you generally describe Eagles injuries this year? Uh, average, below average. Uh, a major pain in the rear end to deal with above and beyond what other teams are dealing with just uh, off the top of your head without looking it up Eagles injury issues as compared to the rest of the league average yeah same here but I no worse I no no better been, no worse no no better than uh, yeah but compared to last year it's worse for them they were really yeah. lucky last year uh this year I I don't think it's been horrific um and the slot has been an issue because they've had multiple injuries. Um, that's always what Doug Peterson would say. That's what gets you, not necessarily the one injury, but multiple injuries at the same position. So I think the slot has been the most difficult. But overall, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look that up. But overall, I think, yeah, probably about average. A little pack in the National yeah. Football League. Isn't, like you said, last year, they were on the less than handicapped scales compared to the other teams in the league. Not as much this year, but even in that vein, and you're right, the, the down to your third slash fourth slash fifth uh, slot corner, that's where you end up paying a price. They're star players. They're uh, top of the If you're ranking the Eagles roster from best player down to the 53rd best player, They've had very few missed games on their top 10 guys, on their top 10 players. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson yeah. missed one, Kelsey, Mylotta, uh, Sweat. Uh, yeah, Hassan played with that club early on, which I think affected him, but he played uh, every single game. Yeah. The two big guys in the middle uh, from Georgia on a defensive line, um, they, they, their, their best players haven't been missing. Uh, now, Reed missed a couple. Slay. Uh, didn't Slay miss one? Slay missed a game or Slay missed part of a game? I think Slay mm. started every game. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I remember he was banged up out of nowhere. And I, I think he missed the uh, 
I think he missed one game, but I have to double check. Um, missed practice. I remember together. that. He was yeah. out of practices, but um, I, I think he got ready. Yeah, for the most part. Reed's missed two. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's been out of character compared to the rest of the league. You know, and, you know, Nicobe's a, a big injury because it's season ending. But was he really playing that well? Right. I mean, I, you know, I I'm, I'm the biggest Nicobe. I know. You know how big a Nicobe defense I was from the draft last year, this year, whatever. When the season started, I wouldn't. You, you did the whole thing with uh, Eddie Kratz ranking the Eagle players. Yeah. Where did you guys have Nicobe Dean before the year started? I don't remember, but we had him in the top 25 this time. 25, not in the um, top 10. No, 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 no. Um, but he was in the top 25. Or low 20s, I think he was, somewhere right. in that range. But, uh, so when you lose a guy like that, who's your 20-something ranked player out of your 40 uh, star, uh, 22 starts. Come on. You got to be able to yeah. get Now, Bonte's a bigger deal, and he's a, a good player, but he's also been injury prone. He was one of the few guys who got hurt last year. Um, he had a bunch of different injuries and was out different times um, and then finally came back and played through an injury through the Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, that's a big injury, but you got to persevere. And, you know, if Zach McPherson doesn't get hurt in the preseason, they probably just go with Zach McPherson and they don't have all these moving parts. And maybe he improves. You never know. Maybe he craps the bed. I don't know. We'll never know. But that's one thing I brought up with Olivia. Maybe we can talk about that more tomorrow, Jody. It's like all these moving parts on defense. I don't think it's good. I mean, I, I, I just don't think it's good. There's no chemistry. There's... A, and specifically on the back seven, you know, Cunningham, Leonard now, Bayard, um, who's the fourth one? Who am I missing? Anyway, all these moving parts on, on defense, uh, Roby, um, it's just, it, 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 it really affects the communication. Um, yeah. Yeah. From the way you posed it with Olivia and the way you posed it here, it sounds like you're not as big a fan. I, I pat Howie on the back for every single one of them. This is an all-in year. You, you're trying to go to the Super Bowl. If you've got guys that you plugged in and you did not like the way they look, no matter what your commitment to what, graphic, outreach, whatever. You, you, yeah, it's difficult. I don't disagree with your sentiments. Because as a general manager, I have to go out and get the uh, team a better player. Yeah. My, my only thing is, and there's no way you can prove it, it does – if you if you put Eli Ricks or Sidney Brown in the slot and just leave them there, you know, it's the old Jim Schwartz startup cost, do they get better? Maybe they don't. Maybe they get worse. Um, we'll never know. Like Nick Morrow was playing well, and he has one bad game, and now Shaq Leonard's going to be in there? Maybe he's better. I don't, I don't know. Nick was playing pretty well. Um, I, I, you know, the safety has Kevin Byard. I thought he was going to be better, to be honest, when they got him. Um, has he been that much better than the amalgamation of Justin Evans and, and, and Terrell Edmonds? Looks the same. Statistically, they've gotten worse. Now they play better teams. So I don't know where, you know. <sighs> But I hear your sentiment. Yeah, get a better player. And it's definitely an all-in 
type thing and right. maybe they get through this and things start to settle down but i thought at the buy things would start to settle down they haven't so it's a little bit of a concern or is it the fact that they play well, maybe they play really in the 49ers are just better than they are they found ways away with the, with the yeah. throw it into the pot squad beat the dallas cowboys but it's not just yeah the, the 49ers i'm okay with that uh, am I going to go last week? Oh, they lost last week because Howie Roseman's moving guys in and out. No, they lost last week because the better team won and the 49ers have a better roster. But it's not just the 49ers. It's been getting progressively worse. Yes, it's spiked against the 49ers. But the third down, specifically because Nick Sirianni stresses it so much, the third down defense and the red zone defense has gotten progressively worse. And then you had the big spike against the 49ers. But it hadn't been getting better before the 49ers got here. We so. should get a, a a much more focused answer to that this week. Good opponent on the road. Got to improve. Got to be better than you did last week against the 49ers. That's for damn sure. Otherwise, they are going to lose their second consecutive game. All right. Uh, I'm going to be here tomorrow. You're going to be here tomorrow for at least the first hour? Yeah, first hour. Then uh, Bill Billy C., uh, we're taking his time right now. So so we will uh, <laughs> kindly move aside. Uh, McMullen and McDonald back here on Birds 365 tomorrow in 2-2. Two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.